think, well, I've heard about Jesus, and I think he's great, but how am I going to follow him? What is, what is my life going to be like? In the last couple of weeks, we've uh, been doing, uh, we've been doing the Bible all uh, year, but the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the book of Acts. And the book of Acts has told the story of how the gospel has spread all over the Roman world. And it brought many different people in to hear the gospel. So you had uh, wealthy Jews like uh, Priscilla and Aquila, who were business people. Uh, successful Gentiles like Cornelius, who was a centurion, who was to a high rank in the Roman uh, army. But there were other people, there were other people from all sorts of different backgrounds. There were slaves, <clears throat> there were free people, there were men, there were women. There were young people, there were old people, there were Jews, Greeks, Syrians, barbarians had come together. The Apostle Paul travelled thousands of miles uh, starting new churches. Sometimes he was only in a place for a few matter of weeks before he was driven out by angry, often angry Jews. And from what we can tell from his stay in Thessalonica, we may have actually been in Thessalonica three weeks before he was driven out. And because of that sort of need, Paul and the other apostles began to write letters to these early churches, these brand new Christians, to help these people to understand what it meant to be to be a Christian. What did it mean to be a Christian? How is it meant to change their lives? How are they meant to deal with the new problems they were facing, like the hostility and the opposition? Our first kid's question. Why do the apostles write letters in the Bible? Why do the apostles write the letters in the Bible? And of course, because of that, these letters are a massive help to us. Because I guess we're asking the same sort of questions. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it look like? to be following the Lord Jesus Christ. How should my life be different from those around us? So in the New Testament, there are 21 letters, about a third of the New Testament, 13 of them are written by Paul. And there's a massive variety, some are written to churches, some are written to individuals, um, all sorts of variety. And churches facing all sorts of different situations and problems. As I mentioned in my introduction, you know, there's some of the earliest New Testament writings. I'm sure if you've been a Christian friend at the time, you've talked about the Christian faith. Somebody would have said to you, oh yeah, but I mean the New Testament was written years later, you know, with the implication of maybe they actually really remember any events and some of the nations have made up as the, the Chinese whispers, and it's all gone completely out of hand, and we can't really trust the New Testament. But that's not true of the New Testament letters. And these scholars say the letter to Galatians was from sort of 48, 49, 80. It's within 15, 16 years of Jesus' death and resurrection. There just isn't that large time gap that so many people want to say that there is. So today we're going to try and summarize what these letters and their message was to the early Christians. And today, in many ways, we're answering many of the same questions that they had about the Christian life. So I want to summarise uh, the message of the letters. I think it's how we live. Sorry, I meant uh, how we live for Christ. How we live for Christ. 
So it's clear that Paul and the other apostles, as they wrote these letters, wanted these brand new Christians to live and think radically differently from how they've been living and thinking before. So if you have a new question in uh, Thessalonica, um, and Paul had been driven out of town, and you were thinking how to, Paul wants to say, I want you to live radically different. Becoming a Christian was never just a matter of going to church on a Sunday and maybe doing your duties. Being a Christian demands a 24-7 commitment to a totally new, totally changed way of life. As we receive Christ, as we receive his rescue, we join him as our Lord and Savior. But let us know that something radical has happened to us. And so the first thing the Apostles really want us is to understand what the Gospel has done for us. So my first point is, <clears throat> we need a new understanding. We're going to spend most of our time in Ephesians today, so I'm turning with me to page 1174. Page 1174. Thus making peace. 
So God's plan in Christ is to get rid of all things that cause hostilities and difficulties between people. It's the point we see that today. And bring them together so they be one people living together for him. And so what let us uh, want to do for us is to help us to see that what's happened to us because of Jesus' death and resurrection, how we've been made alive in Christ, we're dead, and now we're alive. We are old, and now we're a new creation. And we've been joined together with all the other people that are following Jesus. Again, we were joined with one of Rachel Fulton, the sheer variety of people that are here, in different places, different ages. And so, that's the question we read that is how have you understood that? Have you understood what has happened to you if you're a Christian for this morning? That you were dead in your sins and your transgressions. And that's with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been made alive. You are a new creation. And our first vision now is to some tribe or some you know, nation or some economic or whatever the category you might want to um, put yourself in. But our allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. Else. So Paul says, and we must have a new understanding. If you're a Christian, I want you to have a new understanding of who you are because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. But it's not only a new uh, understanding, it's also a new way of life, a new way of life. How many can you call a bit of red source? As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So live what you understand. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just to recall to one hope when you recall. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, who is over all and through all and in all. Paul warns us that if we're going to live this radically different life, this life that we were dead and now alive, this life of new creation, this life that means we're all one in the Lord Jesus Christ, then it is going to be very hard work. Be completely humble and gentle. Gentle, sorry. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of um, the Spirit. Um, when I go to uh, Kazan and teach the students there, um, they, they're people, they're really often there from all over the place with very different cultural backgrounds. And not only they have to meet together on Sundays, they actually have to live together seven days a week. It does cause some tensions in that. And it's great to then to see these realities from the Bible and begin to wrestle with them and begin to work at that. It's a great thing to see. But living with different cultures and different nations and different backgrounds is hard. That's what we are radically called to do in Christ. And it's not just when we're together that it involves change and difference. Let's pick up in verse 17 where it says instructions for Christian living. So then, so I tell you this and insist on it in the law that you must not longer live, so you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, 
things, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were, you were taught with regard to your former life to put off your old self, <coughs> which has been becoming corrupted by its deceitful desires, and be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So here Paul reminds uh, his readers of <coughs> that way of life they used to live, and that most people around them are still living. We have time to look through these paragraphs we find involves dishonesty, selfish anger, stealing, greed, bitterness, envy, sexual immorality, and drunkenness. And we see that in the world around us. What does that say about us? We need to be taking that off. And then he tells them what they've got to put on. Honesty, generosity, patience, kindness, purity. It's like taking off a dirty old set of clothes and a brand new shiny set of clothes. If you're very old, you may remember the full training clothes, just like any military unit, you take a trap, and then you take it for various reasons and turn it into a Difficult. The first one is hostility 
and persecution, hostility and persecution. So notice in chapter 4 and verse 1 of Ephesians, as a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. So Paul is in prison as he writes this letter. He is facing this suffering and this hostility. And it's particularly strong in uh, the letters of the Philippians, uh, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 Peter, let's just pick up some verses from there. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Again, that exhortation, you saved by the gospel, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of that. So that when I, so when I come and see you or any hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, again, for emphasis on that unity in the spirit, striving together as uh, one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. So he was warning of this, that they, are, they knew that they were going to be opposed because the gospel, Paul had actually been imprisoned for the fight because of the gospel. And Paul says that you're going to have to live this out in the face of opposition. I want you to remain united. Well, that's not it. You became imitated in love and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so again, saying so you know that you're going to have to live this out in the face of opposition. Opposition school, opposition in the workplace, opposition uh, in your neighbour. You are living for Christ. You should expect opposition. Well, <coughs> Peter. Dear friend, you know, the pride, the fiery ordeal that come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So clearly they were suffering, maybe some of them think, what's going on? It's very strange. Because you know it's not strange. You should expect it. Uh, fourth is question Will being a Christian be easier? And if I say the third one, what do we have to take off? What do we have to take off? Fourth question Will being a Christian be easier? Well, what's the solution? The encouragement is to stand firm. Why can we stand firm? Well, because of the hope, the rejoicing as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when this glory is revealed. So, see what happened in Christ? Christ went through terrible suffering, he went through death, and then he was raised to glory. So, in the same way, if we go through sufferings now as a Christian, we can look forward with confidence to follow Christ into glory because he's what he's done for us. For our life and major troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs more. Yes, you may be going through difficulties and hardships at the moment, but Paul says it's nothing compared to eternal glory that is coming for you. So that's the first issue. If you try and live this Christian life, if you try and understand what we say Christian, as you try and live that new life of patience and love and care for one another and faithful to us. Paul says, you're going to have to face opposition, you're going to have to face hardship, you need to stand firm, and you look forward to how you're going to And there's a second problem caused by sin. And there's a question for false teaching and false ideas. And I think maybe this is a bigger problem in the New Testament letters. Almost every letter in the New Testament has some teaching about, warning about false teaching in it. It's particularly strong in 1 2 Corinthians, in Galatians. Colossians in 2 Peter, you may remember earlier in the year we looked at the letter of Jude. Uh, just reminds us both of Jude, during 4. The third individual has simply flipped in among you. Their ungodly people perverted the grace of our God into the license of morality 
and denying Jesus Christ our only sovereign. So people coming to the church and they're trying to pull people away from the Lord Jesus Christ. The great problem is really yet for the Christians there are all sorts of people, all sorts of ideas who are trying to pull us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's here in Ephesians as well. Look at so we'll be in chapter four and uh, verse fourteen. Then we'll no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. The first century was full of all sorts of strange and different ideas, both inside the church and outside the church. And so it is in our time. There certainly isn't things how we should live. Different ideas and the philosophies. I think these days widely. Go to a bookshop and just have different ways to try and live your life. It's just all over us. And sadly, many people in the church are led away from folk by these different things. Uh, final kids question What might lead us away from Jesus? What might lead us away from Jesus? So what does Paul see as the solution for false teachers and false ideas? Well, verse uh, 15 is where it is uh, very helpful. Chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become every effect. Um, uh, in every, verse 15. Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, a mature body of him who is the head. So part of the picture here is we come together by the Bible, the truth is so important in our meetings to keep coming together, to keep reading the Bible, to keep encouraging each other, um, to come on Sundays as we meet, as we meet um, in the week, encouraging your vision, keep reading the scriptures, families, we keep looking at the scriptures. So New Testament letters are extraordinary uh, documents. So the earliest testament of Jesus and uh, his resurrection, when people say, oh, they're why it's all written much later in time, we believe it. No, the New Testament is written starting about 50, 60 years after Jesus, and then written before, within about 30 years of his death and resurrection. Test- the other testament had quickly and widely the gospel spread. And they're reminded to us of the radical nature of the Christian life. That because of what Jesus has done us, because of his death for us, because of his resurrection, we have been completely changed. We were dead in Christ. We're dead uh, in our own sins, in rebellion against God. Now in Christ, we have been wonderfully made alive in Jesus Christ. You have received a new, you are a new creation. If you sit here, you trust in Christ, you are a new creation. The old ways have gone, the new have come. And that leads us to a fresh, uh, a, a new lifestyle, a new way of life. A life that puts off the old ways of selfishness and sin and envy and bitterness and greed. It puts on a new way of patience and love and faith in Christ. But as we do that, we're warned that there are going to be difficulties. There are going to be those who oppose us. We have and there are also all sorts of ideas, both within the church and outside of us, and outside of us, secretly trying to drag us away from our Christian faith. 
Você comunica e para que pessoas olhem para si mesmo. Será que tudo que eu faço? Assim, como é o truth about Jesus and his death and resurrection? What is the truth about the life of Jesus? There's a question there for discussion over coffee. How do you find the new textures? May start with you, maybe a chance in your experience. How have you found them helpful? And uh, when I was a young Christian, I had a friend who got involved in a cult, and it took me along to this evening on this cult. I was quite taken in by it because it, they're very attractive, they spoke very articulately. But I just remember a verse from actually from Colossians about having everything in Christ that really saved me from really, you know, moving them on the whole life. Because Jesus had everything, everything's in Christ, and this cult had no part of Christ. In other words, this cult has no part of Christ, it can't be the truth. Jesus is the truth. Well, let's pray together. We're willing to grow in our faith and live out the great calling of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray to you for all that the gospel does for us. After Jesus' death and resurrection, you have taken us from death to life. We pray to you. That because of what Jesus has done, we are a new creation in the Testament. We praise you that you are making the two one, that you are making a new community, that you are uniting people from every tribe, people from every tongue, through this gospel. And we thank you that we experience that as many different nations and peoples meet, young and old, rich and poor. We place you for a way together and we meet together in church. And Father, we pray for your help and your strength to know this gospel and to live it out in our lives. Help us indeed to take off our old selves with the bitterness and the envy and the greed. To take off old selves of sin and rebellion. And to put on our new lives remade in the image of God. Obedience, love, patience, kindness. Father, we know that our brothers and sisters around the world face many great hardships because they follow Christ. Pray for protection from false teachers and false ideas. Please help us to keep looking to Jesus. Help us to keep looking into this world that we might be encouraged and strengthened. We ask that Jesus' name.